podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Yes, people, what's going on? Welcome to Stretford Paddock. This is Uncensored with me, Adam McCola, and my mate, Rory Jennings, otherwise known as McCola and Rory. The podcast is out. You can go and get that everywhere. Spotify, Apple, and other places. Uh, quick plug. Rory, how you doing, brother? Oh, mate, really good. Really good. Looking forward to our game this weekend. It should be uh, should be an exciting one. Uh, it's going to be... It's gonna. I was dreading this a lot more than I am now, um, but I am still dreading this game a little bit. I think the fact that I now sit next to you on the kickoff <laughs> for these games makes makes it a little bit worse when you lose, um, or with Liverpool when you're next to Lars, or when you're sat next to Boovy for any game, to be honest. Um, but being sat next to you for this game, because I know you'll rub it in, I'll rub it in, and... Ah, oh, it's not a good place to be when you got the lights, the cameras, and everyone laughing. <laughs> no, mate, it's all it's it's awful. You're absolutely right. I mean, it is it is awful. But then on the flip side of that same coin, it's amazing when it goes well, isn't it? You know, when you see you're yeah. doing well and you're sitting next to the same people, you're like, okay, this is my opportunity. I need to make the most of this. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be a huge, huge clash. I'm really looking forward to it. I, it, I'm not as confident as I was as well. I could have really done with you persevering with Solskjaer for another week. <laughs> but it's going to be Carrick, isn't it? Ranjit can't be there yet, yeah. apparently. So yeah, I'm so it's going to be Carrick. Confident. I'm fairly confident. How are you feeling? Do you feel like you can get something out of the game? I, th- I think we can get something out of the game now. Obviously, we're not going to have that new manager lift, that bounce that you get when you get a new manager in. It's still the same culture staff. It's still the same voices. Um, so I don't think the lift will be that different. And I think if you looked at the first half against uh, Villarreal, there's probably still have a ha- bit of a hangover left there from from Ali's reign at the back end, at least. Anyway, um, so I'm not, you know, expecting a huge difference in performance. But in terms of grit, in terms of determination, I think that was a good win for us midweek. Um, the second half performance was a bit better. So there's something to use here, and I think. Thomas Tuchel in these bigger games, it'll be interesting to see how he plays because against City and Liverpool, he kind of went a little bit more, def- I think it was Liverpool, kind of went a little bit more defensive this season. Um, and whether he treats United in the same manner will be interesting. Obviously, you're 12 points clear of us at this moment in time, so I don't think you're worried about us catching you. But it's important that you know City don't go level on points with you and, and things like that. So it's a big game for both teams. Um, an even bigger one, Maybe for us, um, in terms of trying to keep within touching distance of that top four, when Ragnick's in, um, I think his first game will be against Arsenal. Then hopefully we've got something that we can we could start to build on and try and close that gap to the top four again. Which, like I said, I, I, I still can't believe we're, we're so far out of the race already. Um, it, it's absolute madness. But but here we are, and we've got someone that's bringing some excitement um, back into the team. And I don't think. Man United fans are sitting here going, we're Fragnick's here, we're going to challenge for the league and we're going to win the Champions League now. But I think with him coming in, we're going to see a team that's definitely going to be moving in the right direction. He's going to be playing a brand of football that can compete with the top teams and will get the best out of our players, I think. So there's reason to be excited for United fans, but I don't think we're under any illusions that everything's just going to be smooth sailing from here on in. And it could be a case, remember early doors with... Um, Jurgen Klopp at Liverpool, when occasionally there'd be games where they'd, they'd lose or they'd leak a lot of goals and you'd think, bloody hell, this looks awful. And it's because they were taking so much new information on 
um, and and trying to trying to adhere to his new tactics, and that's it's going to be a culture shock for some of these players. Do you take any inspiration from what Chelsea did last year? You know how Chelsea, you know, had a had a problem, resolved the problem, brought in a new manager, ultimately won the the Champions League. Do you see that being an ambition, a, a potential realistic ambition, or is that just ridiculous? Well, Ralph Rangnick got to the semi-finals with Schalke. Um, I think we knocked him out in 11 So he's got some sort of Champions League pedigree. He knows what he's doing in the Champions League. And I think he's a man that will get us playing on the front foot and get us attacking. And if you get this group of players that we've got playing well, attacking well, you start to keep clean sheets. We can beat most teams. Like a team with Sancho, Ronaldo, Rashford, Cavani... Marshall, all these different players that Man United have, Bruno. Um, I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing Donny van der Beek under under Ralph Rangnick and even um, Fred as well. I criticise Fred so much. I'm interested to see how he does with this new system and with this new coaching. So I think with the players that we've got, like we saw against Villarreal as well, albeit under Carrick, you keep a clean sheet, you've always got a chance. So I think we are a team that could compete in the Champions League could start to take that seriously, could look at it for some success. But I'm not sitting here going, oh, we've brought in Rangnick, you know, two shells from that school are thinking um, we're going to win the Champions League because it's it's not that easy, is it? It's a cup competition. And some of the teams we could get in the next round, you including PSG in there, it's not going to be easy. It's not easy, but I... I think it's possible as well, you know. I like I said hmm. it I said it yesterday and I was generally laughed out of the room. Everybody thought I was insane. But I can see a world where Manchester United get it together. You know when you've got when you've got a world class goalkeeper playing to a world class standard, when you've got Cristiano Ronaldo playing as a world class centre forward, I just feel like anything is possible. And hmm. a cup competition with a new manager feeling quite good about the European record. I do. I do feel like there is something there. And look, I, th- I think the perfect the perfect case study for this is Villarreal. I think it's fair to say that Manchester United were there for a draw, and because of mm. partly De Gea, the world class keeper, and then obviously the brilliance of Ronaldo, come away with a win. If you're winning games where you're aiming to draw in Europe, significant man. Mm. Mm. It's a big result, and we've got some big game players that will be hurt and will. You know, some players may continue to mope about, but I think a lot of this dressing room will look to prove a point. Now, Ali may be sitting there thinking, bloody hell, should have done that for me. But I think a new manager will bring something else out, out, out of this team. And I think this team is a really good team. There's a reason why people are expecting us to challenge for the league. Yes, we need one or two signings, but with the right coach, we can go places. And Ralph Rangnick, for me, in my opinion is the perfect appointment at this stage for an interim period and with the 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 addition of him staying on for two extra years in an advisory position. I think that's the best news Man United fans could have got after Ali got sacked. And I know our club aren't usually... Look, I'm not going to say this was a magnificent plan by the board because I don't think they wanted to sack Ali at all. But they've somehow stumbled upon something that resembles a plan. And whether that's Rangnick taking, uh, being taken over by someone like Ten Hag or Poch, I think United fans can be excited for the future, man. It's it's good. And like you say, in, it, we've got a squad that 
fucking challenge for the Champions League, but totally. I'm not getting carried away just yet. But do, do you not know what yet. as well, Adam? Do you know what I think can be really insightful from a man, for a Manchester United fan is sometimes the the perception of this from somebody that isn't a Manchester United fan. Because I think when you're a Man United fan, you're so invested, you're desperate for it to go well, you're almost blinded by hope in one direction, loyalty mm-hmm. to Solskjaer in another, and sometimes you can't see the wood for the trees. Whereas I think mm-hmm. somebody like me, who's just looking at it, if I tell you the truth about how I feel about the situation, which is, I'm a bit gutted. I feel like Manchester United have got this one right. So the fact that somebody who doesn't have Manchester United's best interests at heart is upset would imply that this is a good move. It would imply that yeah. this is finally, finally a good move. But do you think, though, you know, you know the way that we that we've learned he likes to play football, Ranić. He has mm. he has a particular style, and I think it's fair to say that that style would be more suited to pass the baton on to Ten Hag than Pochettino. Mm. Do you think it's an indicator as to who's to follow? I've heard people say that and I agree in terms of the direct style of football, the transition over to the manager. But I also think Poch, like I've done a video on my channel plug and on reasons why I think now I want to Eric Ten Hag as well. But I still think Poch could be an ideal um, successor um, as well in terms of I know the, the football isn't like for like, but it's, you know, Pochettino wants his team to press on the front foot, win the ball early. Um, engage high up the pitch. That's similar to what Ralph Ragnick wants wants his teams to do. All right, at times the formations and different things may be a little bit different, but I think the transition in terms of the style isn't a massive contrast. Um, and I think he's the right kind of coach. I still believe Pochettino's got something. Some people think he hasn't got it, and I can see why they probably say that. But I still think he's got it. And I'm not judging Poch off PSG. Having said that, I think Eric Ten Hag's a great coach. And if they plan on bringing him in as well, then it's exciting times ahead for Man United fans. But, you know, we're competing with some big boys, whoever it is. They've got to compete with Pep, Klopp, Tuchel. It's difficult, man. It's difficult. No matter who you are, it's going to be difficult. Um, but what do you think about Poch? Would you rather Poch got the United job from that yeah. perspective of you don't want United to be successful? Totally, totally. I think of the three realistic ones, I mean, we'll, we'll say four and immediately disregard Brendan Rodgers. So of the three realistic <laughs> ones, the three realistic ones for me, the best option is Zinedine Zidane. The second best option is Eric Ten Hag. The third best option is Mauricio Pochettino. I think they're all brilliant, by the way. Which I'm, When I say the third best, they're all an elite yeah, yeah, level yeah. and therefore... It isn't about being third best. It's just not as good as the other two. See, I'd probably flip United them Zidane, completely. Uh, do you know, see, I don't understand this. This is this is so interesting for me to hear because Zinedine Zidane, despite... I think it's a lot of it's because he don't want it, you know, as well. But he's Zinedine Zidane is amazing. And yet there are so many doubters no, he is. about him. There's so many doubters. Oh, but could he do it with another club or whatever? <laughs> You're like, look, mate, we've seen so many examples of clubs. Yeah. I have the best team, not win anything. Man City have currently proved it in the Champions League. PSG have proved it in the Champions League. He won three mm. Champions Leagues in a row. Like, three ever. And two La Ligas. It's amazing. And two La Ligas. We're back and what Like, I don't... And, and it's, the same, it's the same thing. The amount of, the amount of um, conversation about Zinedine Zidane's brilliance 
doesn't I don't understand it. It's unfathomable to me. And then the amount of question and then the amount of love, sorry, to the questions for Zidane make no sense. Then the amount of celebration for Pochettino. It also mm. makes no sense. De Giza didn't win anything, and I understand the issue, but he did he then didn't win uh Ligue 1. And if you're not winning Ligue 1 with Paris Saint Germain, I'm sorry, mate. I, I'm I have I have at least I have at least some oxygen in asking this question. Yeah, no, I I hear what you're saying. I try, and I know kind of sounds mental, I try not to judge people too much on what happens at PSG. I think the club's a bit of a basket case. You could argue United's the same. But I think the way things are there with the power dynamic with the players, I think when you watched that team the other day and you saw Mbappe and Neymar and Messi just trotting back to the halfway line, no one pressing, no one doing anything. I think Pochettino requires a team that is wholeheartedly behind what he's doing. And I think there's a, there's, there's sort of like a, a reputation, not a reputation, just a, they're allowed over there to just do what they want and act how they want. The relationships between the players and the owners are really close. So I think it's a difficult place for any manager to go in. Your boy had a difficult time there. I know he was very successful in terms of, I think he won a domestic uh, treble or quadruple at one point. But Poch is about to win the league there. You know, he's 12 points clear at the moment. So I think the trophy thing isn't the worry for me. Um, whether people think he can compete with the, the big boys or not is another thing. But I do think he's still a very, very good coach, man. I, he's going to develop and, 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 and continue to grow. The reason with Zidane, if it was completely like, if I was Real Madrid or I was PSG, I'm getting Zidane. Do you know what I mean? But um, the reason I said no to his bottom of that list is because he doesn't even seem like he wants it at all. No, because I think have it if it was if he wanted it, he has it. Can you imagine? He has it already. The aura of Zidane as well. You know, when you think about Manchester United as a club, particularly if you are my generation, Manchester United are a club that demand excellence throughout, from top to bottom. It's only brilliance. It's only the very, the very tip of the iceberg ever get an opportunity at Manchester United. Used to be the case, at least. That is Zidane. That is, you know, just the aura, the stature, the personality, the weight of the world is on your shoulders if you are involved with Manchester United. And you have to be a very particular man to be able to take the weight of the world on your shoulders. Zinedine Zidane takes it easy. Every day, every mm -hmm. step he takes, he's, <laughs> there's expectation on him. There's, there's just so much, so much for me from Zidane is Manchester United. I kind of feel like if Manchester United were personified, it would be Zidane. You know, just the way he carries himself. <laughs> I, just I get what you... There's a heaven. bit of that about him. I get what you mean. And he looks very good on a sideline. Yeah. Very good. You know who looks very good on a sideline? Michael Carrick. Do you think? He looked dapper the other day on the sideline. And I mean... If we go judging managers on how they look, Which I would I have made him manager then. Parker, yeah. Parker, my favourite manager. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, you just think, he looks like yeah. a good manager, you know. He had the beard, he had the suit on, standing there, perched up. He's quite a handsome man anyway. Um, like, I thought... You right at Stamford Bridge. You, you, are you holding out some hope there? We've got good players, you know. We've got top quality players. So... If you get it right, the only thing is, yeah, I don't know how much change there's been this week because there's, there's still... Did you see Bruno not really celebrate the goal with Sancho? And yeah. I don't think it was anything to do with Sancho. But I still think Bruno is one of them who's feeling a little bit guilty about Solskjaer. 
And because we've got Michael Carrick dedicated the win to him, which I loved, but there's still this, probably this hangover from Solskjaer because everyone in there felt connected to him. When a new manager comes in, you've got this new voice on the, the training pitch. You've got, you're having these meetings with someone you've never met before. And it may just be a short-term thing at the start, but you just got a new message. You got, you know, a re- rejuvenation. I don't think the players will ha- have much of that this week. Um, I think it will be a sombre kind of feel because of the connection we had to to Ali. And if any of them watched the interview he did, bloody hell, they would have been pulled to tears because it was like, blood, why are you sticking a camera in front of his face when he's just lost the job of his dreams? Um, so it's hard to see how much difference there'll be because of that. But we've got very good players, you know what I mean? And if 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 our defenders defend properly, if Maguire and, and Lindelof or whoever starts at the back turn up, We've we've got a chance because yeah. Ronaldo, you know, will get a chance to score. He might score. Yeah, and, I don't think he's he scored in a couple a games in the league. Score it, man. If he gets a chance to mm. score it, I just, I just I'm trying to think what his record's like at Stamford Bridge for us. I can't really uh, remember him scoring too much there, you know. Well, I mean, he scored against us in the European Cup final in Moscow. Yeah, I, mean, I was trying to think of Stamford Bridge. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Moscow. He did. Uh, I'm just trying to think of goals no, at Stamford Bridge. They usually stick out, don't they? He has definitely scored at Stamford Bridge. I'm sure of it. Yeah. Um, but look, whenever whenever you play against Manchester United, there is always a fear. Like regardless of regardless of how it's going for Manchester United, it's always one of the biggest games of the season. It's always the game mm. that you're most most looking forward to. It's always the game that you're most uh, e- you you sort of eagerly await it because it feels like a real test and it's steeped in history. You used to have a very good record at Stamford Bridge. Um, it, simultaneously, we always had a very good record at Old Trafford. But this one is so difficult to predict because if this was two weeks ago, I think Chelsea would have been firm favourites. Mm. Going into it this week, uh, there's an unknown quality and a wounded quality about Manchester United. And that that unknown makes me slightly fearful. It makes me slightly nervous about what could be waiting for us. But if Chelsea get it right... We're such a good team. We don't concede any goals. You know what I mean? Like the the stinginess at the back from us. Rory, we, sorry, I have to stop he's you. Never there. scored. Are you going to say he's never scored? That that goal in Moscow is his only goal for United against Chelsea. Really? I think his only goal against Chelsea, from the record that I'm reading here, I don't think he played against you for Real or, or Juventus. If transfer marked, I've got this correct. And his only goal came in 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 the Champions League, which obviously is Moscow. So he scored one goal against um, Chelsea ever. Yeah, he's got two assists. Bloody hell. I did not know that. See, I immediately thought, when we were talking about Ronaldo at Stamford Bridge, I was thinking, he hasn't scored at Stamford Bridge. Really? And then we, then obviously you check it and, you, yeah, bloody hell, he never scored against against you at Stamford Bridge. Do you know what's quite interesting? What's quite interesting about that? Um, we, we were, for a very long time, Lionel Messi's bogey team as well. He just mm. couldn't score Ashley Cole in it. <clears throat> yeah, Ashley Cole for years. But we, um, like Lionel Messi scored against us fairly recently. We played we played Barcelona in 2017 or 18, uh, and it went wrong. We drew one all at Stanford Bridge. William scored for us. Lionel Messi scored. But bearing in mind that was 2017. That was the first time he'd ever scored against Chelsea. Like, he never scored against Petr Cech or anything like that. Hmm. I didn't realise. I didn't realise that. Uh, so that's Ronaldo and Messi both have... Both have very poor records when it comes And he's to played 10 games against Chelsea and he's got 12 points in the league. Uh, he won three, drawn three, lost four. Well, 
Um, do you know where I'm thinking? Oh, it was Rooney. It was Rooney. Do you remember the Rooney cutback? scored a lot at Stamford Bridge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was Rooney. And, Rooney, and Chicharito as well. Free, free. You, you beat no, you beat. I know that one. That was good. you beat us one nil. One matter that day in the three all. One matter scored a volley. Oh, far post. yeah, yeah. No, the, you beat us one nil in the European Cup. I think it was a quarterfinals of the European Cup, and then we went yeah. away. And Giggs lobbed. Giggs lobbed us. We made it one all. I think Drogba scored, and we went mental. And straight away, straight away, you Giggs scored. Giggs lobbed check, I think, and. Um, we were in the upper tier of, you know, like usually at Manchester United, you're in the away corner. You're yeah, the yeah. corner. We were upper tier. They put us upstairs. But in the first leg of that, there was a cutback. And wait, it was Wayne Rooney opened his body up and it put it in off the post. And in my head, that was just, uh, Ronaldo for a moment. But yeah, man, like that's... Yeah, that was 1-0 like, at the bridge like and 2-1 at Old Trafford. Yeah, it was Giggs, wasn't it? Giggs a lob. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think he got that one right. Yeah, um, it, um, yeah. Yeah, huge. Re- that was a. That was a. I remember being really nervous about the, those games, even the ones against Arsenal where we beat Mate, them comfortably you know in the Champions we, League. We drove up to that game, and I had a crash on the M6. Someone went into me on the M6, and loads okay, of Chelsea yeah. fans missed kickoff. Like, mate, if there's any Manchester United fans driving north that day, if you're a Man United fan who remembers going to that game, if you were driving north on the M6 and struggled to get to the game, I apologise. <laughs> we, we, had get, we, we had to get a cab. We like our car was written off. We had to get a cab from the services to the game. Still no made way. the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mental, oh, mental times. Um, but gosh, that yeah, scares the... me a bit because it kind of makes me feel like Ronaldo's inevitable a goal at Stamford Bridge. Yeah, yeah, it's inevitable, isn't it? It's inevitable. Um, but I can't, I can't believe that. That might, that must be considering the amount of games he's played. Fifteen. One of his. Worst that must records. be his worst record against the team, isn't it? One goal yeah. in fifteen games. Yeah, although um, you would say Champions League goals count. count. Champions League final triple. goals count double, don't they? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, and But to be fair, most of the games were pre-Runny in his peak, maybe. Yeah. Although I think 08 Ronaldo was his peak. Not for goal scoring, but for, I think, how good he was as a player. Um, yeah. I just thought he had everything at, at that age. He, the aerial ability, shoot on the left foot, the right foot. When you look at the goals he scored... In that season, the header against you, like like we were just saying, yeah. the goal against Porto, um, like he just had everything, um, everything in the six yard box, wherever you wanted him, he'll be. Um, is is a different breed. I think we kind of because it's Ronaldo, we almost think, oh, it's Ronaldo. You know how everyone talks about Cavani's movement. Mm. It's like we don't talk about Ronaldo's movement. Ronaldo's movement is just amazing because. It's only really when he thinks he's got a sniff of a goal, which I rate because he's conserving his energy. Um, I don't know if Ralph Ragnick will rate, but when he's when he sniffs a chance, he he sniffs a chance. And I was looking at him the other day, and some the ball was coming over, and he was just about to drop over the defender. The defender cleared it with his header, but he still completed his shooting action. And it's like he's always thinking, but what if? I'm yeah, just going to yeah. complete my shot anyway because if this falls, it's going to be a goal. And yeah, I just love that greedy, goal-hungry mentality. But it's, it's proper to, focus. You, you know, as a centre forward, like something that you have to do, you have to be prepared to do it, and that's to gamble. You have to be prepared to make a run that probably won't be found, or or find yourself in space, get yourself into an, into a position where you may well end up wasting your time. But it's that one time that you don't waste your time, and this, that's why he's mm. followed through on the motion. 
He's gone through with it. On the off chance, he's gambled that it's going to drop his way. It didn't, but you can be pretty sure that next time it does, he'll be pinging it. Against the Spurs, it did, and he, and he scored. Um, who, who, who do you think the greatest Chelsea striker is? I know it's... Is it a tap in, say, Drogba, or is that because of achievements? And he's... Like, with me, yeah. I'd say... I don't know. I'd still probably say Rue Van Istra because of the quality, but he mm. probably... You know, on another day, you probably go Rooney because of ch- achievements and things like that. Who's the man? It's Drogba, really. It's, it's, I mean, look, people older than me will always bring up people like Peter Osgood, and I, I can't comment too, uh, too uh, knowledgeably on that. But yeah, I mean, for what Didier Drogba did, he is, he is the perfect example. As you know, you know when I've said it on the in the past about. Uh, on the, when we've been on the kickoff, I'll say stats. Stats are for mugs. Stats mean nothing to me. And I think Didier Drogba <laughs> is the perfect example as to why stats are pretty much irrelevant when judging a footballer. You know, they can tell you part of the story, but they can't tell you everything, and they can't give you proper insight. And Didier Drogba is the perfect person there because on his, you know, on his numbers, if you look at the numbers on on Didier Drogba, they're fairly uninspiring. Mm. You know, they're not. They're not what you would expect. But it was just what he would do. You were never out of a game when he was in the team. You were always, always in with a chance. And then crucially, big game players. You know somebody mm, who turns huge. up when you really like in finals. I think I think he played in I think he played in ten finals. Chelsea scored ten goals. It's, scored the one against us at the New Wembley. Yeah, scored the one. Scored the one at New Wembley. I mean, he scored against. He scored in practically every final. He ever played in obviously he won us the European Cup he scored the winning penalty and scored the header to make it one all to take us to extra time scored against Arsenal pretty much every single time he played them and they were a far better Arsenal like, that sounds a lot more impressive if you say it in 2006 than if you say it in yeah. uh, 2021 because everyone scores against them now but um, but yeah it's, it's it is Didier Drogba it is I mean somebody that I think it's not in the same. It's not in the same level, and he didn't win anything at Chelsea. But Jimmy Floyd Hasselbrank was absolutely Ooh. ridiculous. Absolutely brilliant. Like you know, when I was, when I was young watching him, him and Good Johnson up front was a partnership, man. It was a real partnership. I went to a game. I think Good Johnson and Hasselbrank may have played together. It was Claudio Ranieri's yeah, yeah, first three game all. at Old Trafford. Three, three all. Graham three all. Yeah, yeah. Hasselbank scored in that. Yeah. I remember him scoring a great goal in that. I'm yeah. Thinking, oh, Took it on his chest. Took it on his chest and rifled it into yeah. the opposite corner. Yeah. That was a great game. Yeah, Graham Lasso did so well. I think Torre Andre Flo scored that day as well. Um, Actually, yeah, it wasn't Good Johnson. It was uh, Torre Andre Flo. Yeah, yeah you might be Torre, right there. I think Torre Andre Flo scored. But I'll tell you when Good Johnson scored. Good Johnson, we played Manchester United. First we, game of the season. Yeah, first game of the season. <laughs> and the year we won the league. Was that and, Mourinho? First game of the season. Yeah, Mourinho's first ever game, I think. And, uh, yeah. And yeah, we... Uh, it was it was sort of bundled in, wasn't it? Ida Good Johnson. Mm. It wasn't a great game. It was a proper preseason. Yeah, like it felt like a preseason game because it yeah. literally was just the end of preseason. But I remember first, thinking like, ah, oh, it's a big win. That is. Yeah, first just at game the of start the of the season. Well. Mm. Yeah, I mean, because if we slapped you, you kind of probably think, ah, oh, you know, we we've got a good team, but these like it's not our year. Um, but yeah, and we kind of were going through a stage of just trying to build that next team again with, with yeah. Rooney and, and all those guys. So, yeah. But was... yeah, we've had, no, we've had some blinders at Stamford Bridge. Well, do you know when I was really young, not many people will remember this, but when I was really young, we played you on a boxing day and, and I went and it was my, my Christmas present was to go to the game and you went 2-0 up and we made it 2-all. 
uh, Eddie Newton scored. We made it to all. And then straight away, straight away, I think Giggs scored. You know, when you're just like, these lot are just ridiculous. Like, we got <laughs> yeah. back into the game. We fought, we fought like mad on a boxing day to get back into the game. Got back to two all. And it's straight away, straight away, I think Giggs it was. Boxing Day games are always pretty good. Like I'm, I'm gutted there isn't one for us this year. We're we're away to Newcastle on the 27th, but we normally have Newcastle at home on Boxing Day, and it's like four three. Like I can remember so many games on Boxing Day where there's just loads of goals. Or maybe it just felt that way because you have the leftover booze from Christmas and all that. Famous thing. Have you seen that thing that goes around on Twitter? It goes around on Twitter every every year. Is it from like the 90s? The goals? No, from I think it's from like Boxing Day. 67 or something like that <laughs> okay yeah, yeah chelsea beat blackpool like in, god no it's like 11 6 or something stupid like yeah. that and all the all the games are like like that oh mate i found that boxing day boxing day 94 so yeah that's that's the game that right so you're two nil up it goes uh mark hughes after 21 minutes eric Cantona scores a penalty we then score a penalty john spencer eddie newton equalizes in the 77th minute and Brian McClare scores in the 78th minute. Chucky. Mate. What a man. Here's those Boxing Day results on 1963. Um, your second Christmas. Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, Blackpool 1, Chelsea 5. Burnley 6, Manchester United 1. Fulham 10, Ipswich 1. Leicester 2, Everton 0. Liverpool 6, Stoke 1. Forest 3, Sheffield United 3. Sheffield Wednesday 3, Bolton 0. West Brom 4, Tottenham 4. West Ham 2, Blackburn 8. And Wolves 3, Villa 3. Match of the day would have been mint that day, innit? Yeah, but not for United fans. Bloody hell, it lost 6 1 against Burnley. <laughs> 6 1 against Burnley. Chelsea beat Blackpool. Gosh, yeah. What a, what a time. Oh, man. Yeah, it was, it was madness. Yeah, it was. Uh, talking about scores. Go on, go on, finish what you're saying. No, no, I, was, I was just, uh, no, no, go go for it. Your, your thing will be far more interesting than mine because I'm just doing the nostalgia oh, yeah. again. There's no place for it. I don't mind a little bit of nostalgia. You know I love that stuff. Um, go on. No, I was, no, I was just going to say, can you, like, have you got any of the early, any of the early members? Like, so that, that Boxing Day 94 was the one from... For like, some reason, first. Boxing Day games from the early, like, I can't really, I can just keep thinking of Newcastle all the time. Um, as a Boxing Day fixture. Not Newcastle, there was, not the there one, was, not the five. There was a 4-3, I think, was it? in 2012 or something. Um, but I, I, we always played Newcastle on Boxing Day. Is just my thing. And I think there, there might have been one with Wigan. We used really? to always beat Wigan. Uh, we, we always once. had Newcastle on a... There was a, t- there was a period where we'd always play Newcastle last day of the season. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. I'm just trying to. Yeah, December 26th of December 2012. That one was. That just sticks right. into my head for some reason. And you um, obviously we won three. the league that year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, I remember it pissing down with rain as well. Um, but Boxing Day games are usually good because you've still got that turkey sandwiches to bring with you. Got leftover booze and all that. I'm gutted we haven't got a Boxing Day game actually. Yeah. Uh, anyway, you always want to play Boxing Day. What's your score prediction for this weekend against United? I know we haven't really spoke about the game, but we'll, we'll speak about it <laughs> on think, another day. I think it's going to be... I'm slightly I'm slightly nervous with who Manchester United are at the moment because I don't know who they are at the moment. Uh, and I'm going to say that Chelsea will win, but it's going to be tight. 
I'm going to go for a 3-2 to Chelsea. I'm going to go for a tight and tense 1-1. I think we'll take the lead, then we'll try and sit on it and we'll concede. Um, but I think we'll get a result. Or I, I hope we get a result. We need to, really. Yeah. We need to. Yeah, you do, really. Uh, do you think yeah, Branyard can have any impact on this game, or do you think it's ha- it is completely as we're led to believe, hands off until he's hands? I off. was thinking about this. Like, does Carrick do the courtesy of going? Because I imagine they've spoken already because they're mm. going to be working together, or at least we assume they'll be working together at the start for for whatever period. But surely he goes. Is there anything you want me to? <laughs> to implement yeah. for you while what would you do, would you do today <laughs> <laughs> listen I've got I've got a plan yeah but what would you do because <laughs> you, you can't pretend you haven't got a plan yeah, you have exactly. to go listen I, I've got my plan but is there anything you want me to do to kind of help smooth the process over yeah. for you, what do you any ideas <laughs> and what do you think do you think, he, do you think he has that conversation Um, no in a, I don't think it happens I think if Maybe Carrick reads up on Ralph Ragnick and he tries to do one or two things that he likes, but I don't think that would be the case, no. I think, and even if you're Ralph Ragnick, you don't want someone else passing your messages on. No, that's true. That's true. You'd rather it just be a fresh start, wouldn't you? So this is Carrick versus Tuchel. Well, Carrick looks better, so let's see if that does him any favours on the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, Rory, thank you for joining us. Um, Looking forward to Sunday. Hopefully we get the result by we, I mean United, obviously. Guys, make sure you're checking out Rory's YouTube channel. Uh, The link is in the description. The link is also in the description to his podcast uh, (laughs) with a fella called Adam McCullough. So go and check that out as well. Released every single Monday. Um, Until next time, though, this has been Uncensored. This has been Stretford Paddock. Like, comment, share, subscribe. We're out of here. Cheers for having me. Podcast Network.